0: A horse with a bad habit can be frustrating, but what happens when his behavior becomes a matter of life or death? Find out in this episode of Barn Stories.
1: Welcome to the Barn Stories podcast. I'm Lori Prinz, editor of Equus
0: Magazine. And I'm managing editor, Christine Barakat. This
1: podcast features our favorite essays and articles published in Equus over the past 40 years. Although Equus is known for articles on horse care and veterinary research,
0: a deep emotional connection to horses is something we all share.
1: This story is a real nail-biter. Of course, I know how it turns out. I read and edited the story when it was published in Equus years ago, and I read it again when we
0: selected it for this podcast, but I found myself on the edge of my seat when I heard it read aloud. The conflict in the story comes from a horse who doesn't like to be caught. I'm all too familiar with that situation and know that it can be infuriating. It is so hard to keep your cool when just a lesson or a trail ride is on the line. I can't imagine the emotions involved when catching a horse is a matter of life or death. Actually, I can't imagine it because this story describes it so well.
1: We don't want any spoilers, so let's go ahead and listen to Moment of Truth, written by Mary Berkeley and read by Taylor Autumn.
2: I first saw Omar four years ago, when my friend and I drove up to a dusty corral in the middle of nowhere and found this extraordinary jewel of a black Arabian. Oh my God, he's gorgeous, we both exclaimed. The nine-year-old gelding was standing at the fence, watching us curiously. He had a sweet, kind eye and appeared to be quite intelligent. The owner hated to sell him, she said, but she just didn't have time for him, and he was rarely ridden. To fill the time, he was jumping fences, dismantling gates, and doing anything he could to relieve the boredom. He seemed easy to handle, and the next day I came back with a saddle, rode him, and bought him on the spot. I soon found, though, that Omar had one seriously bad habit. He didn't like to be caught, even in the confined space of the round pen where I kept him for the first few weeks. He'd bite at me and whirl and spin as I approached, And if I hesitated even a moment, he'd take charge and run. My timing, I discovered, was off. I hadn't owned a horse in quite a long time, and I had some catching up to do. Omar responded quite well to some round pen training techniques, and soon I was able to put an end to the biting. As I became a little more savvy, I was able to catch him, but still, he'd always look at me, almost like a challenge when I came near. I realized I had a brat on my hands, and a smart one at that. Approaching him remained a bit intimidating, because I knew he could read me like a book. Circumstances soon required me to move Omar, and the only spot available was at a boarding stable that turned their seven horses out every day into a five-acre pasture. Now that he was free and with a herd, Omar almost emphatically wouldn't be caught. The rest of the horses had been taught to come at their owner's whistle, They'd all come thundering into her corral with gusto, except for Omar if he saw me or my car anywhere near, and he would look, just a glimpse of me and he'd forsake the herd and gallop off alone. Many times I'd drive out there hoping to ride, only to spend hours hiking around the pasture just to give him a carrot when he'd finally let me near. It was discouraging and hard not to take personally." I was able to visit him more often when I moved him to a two-acre pasture nearer to me, and it helped that i frequently stopped by just to give him a treat. But he'd run away if I had a halter and lead. Some days, I dangled the halter from my shoulder, even when my intention was only to give him a carrot and walk away. But somehow, he always seemed to distinguish when I wanted to ride. On those days, he'd sail across the pasture to the far end and stop, turning to watch me trudging through the tall grass. I'd get within 30 feet, and he'd sail back to the other side, wagging his head and practically dancing. I could almost hear him laughing at me. I learned better timing and body language. I never approached Omar directly. Instead, I slouched along, meandered around, walked past him, and never looked him in the eye. I also learned the nuances of his body language. If he raised his head... That meant goodbye, and I'd immediately turn around and walk away, which made him abandon the idea. I moved toward him again, and he'd sway back, then I'd sway back, and he'd move forward. For two years this went on, but he did improve. Despite our sometimes prolonged dance in the pasture, I was usually able to catch him when I wanted him, and it was worth it, because once caught, he was always sweet and easy to handle and wonderful to ride. Finally, I was able to move Omar to a one-acre pasture next to my new home, where we would work on our problem on a daily basis. I'd walk out the door just to pat him, give him a carrot, or brush him, all with no intention of catching him. Still, he'd be suspicious, and I could see him scrutinizing me, looking for signs, so I'd have to clear my mind of all intent when I did want to ride. He became much better. But he would often still have great fun running away from me. All things changed the night of the fire. It was April, and here in New Mexico, the winds are ferocious in the spring. I was out in the pasture with Omar, but couldn't stand the wind, so I went in. It was just 8 p.m., and getting dusky. I took off my boots and walked over to the west window to watch the sunset. A stream of orange stretched across the horizon only instead of silhouetting the tree line the glow sprawled across the ground in front of it it was a wildfire and it was less than a mile away approaching fast my mind emptied somehow i got into my boots and out the door as i raced to the barn for the halter and lead the fire crowned the trees and engulfed the grasses in the 12 acre pasture next door in 40 mile an hour winds An 80-foot wall of fire was moving toward us at a speed I didn't dare think about. I didn't even look. I only had one purpose. Now, Omar, I thought, you need to let me catch you. This is no game. Our pasture was already filled with smoke as I flung open the gate. Omar was frantic, running wildly on the far side of the field. As I ran straight toward him, halter in hand, he got that you-can't-catch-me look and in all my adrenaline-drenched terror, I stopped. I centered myself and pleaded with him. I wanted to scream, but I just stood quietly and gave him my heart. Precious seconds ticked by as I waited for his answer. Finally, he stopped and stood still, and I threw the lead over his neck. He let me put the halter over his nose and tie it off, and we were off. The only way out was to run back toward the flames. He followed like a feather on the end of the lead as we dashed through the open gate. Not 40 feet away, my barn was already an inferno. We turned east and ran down the drive, past the house. And then I remembered the dogs. Oh my God, they were still in the house. I thought they had followed me out. So back to the house to open the door, and still Omar was right next to me. We got to the main gate, It was padlocked, so again I had to stop, keep my wits together, and find the tiny key in the tiny hole in the post. Omar stood, not giving me an ounce of trouble, as I fumbled and groped in the darkness. The fire roared at my back, but in the distance I could hear sirens and people screaming my name. The gate clicked open and we ran, Omar at my side, the dogs behind, up the dirt road, breathing nothing now but smoke. We reached the pavement and finally turned away from the path of the fire, heading straight down the middle of the road toward a neighbor's, where I hoped we would be safe. We were surrounded by cars, fire trucks, people, blaring sirens, complete pandemonium. My neighbor met us on the road. She later said, I could hear you coming by Omar's feet on the pavement and the awful sound of your breathing. But we made it. We were safe. She grabbed the lead for me and took Omar to her corral. My heart pounded as I turned back to watch my barn burn to the ground, and I wondered if my house, truck, trailer, and everything I owned would soon follow. I couldn't see it then, through the darkness and smoke, but in fact the fire had already changed course. It burned my barn, a lot of fencing, and half my pasture, but then it veered off into the woods behind my property, in retrospect i realized how important it had been to work so diligently at teaching omar to be caught of course i would have done it anyways but it turned out to be a matter of life and death we still have our moments but i've learned when to push him and when not to hesitating and giving him a moment to gather himself in the face of a raging wildfire turned out to be exactly what he needed now when i want to catch him i found that if I give him 5 to 10 seconds to consider the situation, more often than not, he'll just walk over to me. He's not an easy horse, but he's taught me to respect his need to have a say in matters. I don't always like it, and it makes me feel pretty puny on some days, but I'll always remember how, when it mattered the most, he trusted me. I hope that someday he will run to me, and I really think he will, We're improving all the time. Whatever comes, we're in it together.
1: Have you read Equus Magazine? Written by people who care about horses for people who care for horses, Equus reports on the latest veterinary research and tells you what it means for your horse's health. Each issue is packed with articles on horse care, Physiology and behavior, with plenty of hands on instruction and helpful advice from the world's foremost authorities. Discover for yourself what thousands of horse people have known for decades. Equus will help you make the most of horse ownership. To subscribe, call 800 829 5910 or go to EquusMagazine.com.
0: Thanks for listening to Barn Stories. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a favorite article or essay from the Equus Archives that you'd like us to feature in a future podcast, let us know. You can reach us at Stories, all one word, at gmail.com. Did you enjoy this episode of Barn Stories? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Thanks for listening. The Barn Stories Podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network.